God, we thank you for the echo that you want to echo to our hearts this morning again. A call to the beautiful and wonderful words of the gospel. And it's not just that this gospel we stay in this auditorium or we stay in our hearts. Your desire is that this word will spread. That this word will go throughout all the kingdoms of the earth. And then the end will come. Father, this morning, raise a cry in our hearts again. Supply sufficient body. Supply sufficient force to push us from our inertia. So that, Lord, we will begin to actively push the gospel of this kingdom. Lord, challenge our hearts this morning. We are waiting on you. We are waiting on you. Just speak to us in very clear terms. There's so much you want to say. So, Lord, please let it be clear. Let it not be ambiguous. Let everyone find an application. Lord, we ask, O oh God, that your word will be simple. Come with unction and power. Several of us have been praying for this service and pray for our services. Lord, confirm your word in the name of Jesus. We may not have time to pray for signs and wonders, but as your beautiful words go forth, let there be healing, let there be deliverance, let there be quickening, let there be breakthroughs and breakthroughs in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. You are the awesome God. Immortal, invisible, only wise. Only wise. Every of us are sharing from that wisdom. We honor you. Have your way in our midst. Be lifted high. It's about you and you alone. Be lifted high and let the glory be yours. In Jesus' name we have prayed. I think you can give God a bigger amen. Thank you very much. I must appreciate again our fathers. They are not just fathers to the church, but all of them, all of them are fathers to me and my family. And I thank God for the fellowship we have continued to share. Um, as I kept meditating over the text and topic before us this morning, there's so much so much that God had impressed on my heart. And my notes are so much, but I will be running. I will be running, and I will also not be tied down by the notes. As the Spirit of God gives us liberty, we will just um, come to an end. Please just follow me so closely. We have been looking at Revive Their Walk. In the midst of the years, revive thy people, transform, bring to life your people in the midst of our days. And this morning we are considering the message of God, the gospel of God, the gospel of the kingdom kept spreading and spreading. That is what revival bets. 
Revival brings about a labor that brings an increase, a spread, an expansion of the message of the kingdom. And the first thing I want to say this morning is that the only means that God brings revival, that God brings restoration, that God brings life is by the ministry of the word of God. The only instrument, and I'm using the word only because this, this preparation made me to read and read and read the Bible. And I was trying to find out, is there any other means that God is going to use to revive his people? I know a lot of people are doing um, humanitarian services, welfare, and all of that. And many, many things are going on. All of those things are good. But the only means for which revival is going to come to a man's life, is going to come to a family, is going to come to a people, is going to come to a nation, the only means that God has approved is the ministry of the Word of God. Is the declaration... Is the sharing, is the preaching of the word of God. Um, while many other things go with that, and all of us are going to find our place, those things must give a push, must give a force. They must be a support base that is created for the word of God to be ministered, for the word of God to be preached for the word of God to be shared. The only instrument that will transform men, transform families, make people come back to God, bring people that are cold, hot again, people that are dying, that are dry. The only thing they need is not cash. The only thing that will make a man, if cash enters your pocket, Suddenly you will discover that your joy goes up. Once it goes out, your joy goes out. Am I correct? Am I correct? It's good to give people money, to give people help, to do things for people. But what will keep them alive? What will keep them sustained? What will keep them working with God and revived? Is the ministry of the word of God. In Psalm 119, verse 130, the psalmist said, The entrance of your word bringeth what? Light and understanding to the simple. It is only the word of God that brings light to a family, light to a young man, direction, focus. Psalm 19 verse 7 says, Thy word is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimonies of God are sweet, altogether righteous. For in them there is great reward. Brethren, this morning as I begin, there is no other instrument. We are going to read scriptures upon scriptures. And if you are with me, just turn to Matthew. You see, prayer is good, ministration is good, manifestation of the Holy Ghost is good. But I was touched that on the day of Pentecost, 
as the Holy Ghost began to move and things were happening and the disciples were speaking in tongues and things were happening and people were saying, wow, what kind of thing? People were falling under the anointing and things were happening. If the gospel was not preached, there would have been no conversion. In fact, some people began to laugh and say, ah, ah these guys are drunk. Pentecost would have been wasted if there was no ministry of the word of God. The word of God gives light, provides direction, clears confusion, makes things straight. Matthew chapter 24. Now in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus began to speak about um, about the end and there's no time that is closest to the end than this end we are in now jesus began to speak about the end and things that will happen when the end comes and things that we do this he said this will be collapsed upon itself now in verse 9 in verse 9 then you will be handed over to be persecuted and to be put to death and you will be hated by all the nations because of me and that time many at that time many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other and many false prophets will appear negative negative things people will betray each other people will abandon the faith people will become cold because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will grow cold. Now, but when you get to verse 13, there seems to be a ray of hope. But the one who stands firm to the end will what? Oh, I didn't hear you very well. Will be what? So even though negative things will be happening, there's a, there's a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Some people will stand. Amen. If you are among them, say amen. amen. I will stand. Can you say I will stand? I don't care whether my brother falls away or my sister falls away. I will do what? Jesus has said that some people will stand. And we will stand firm to the end in the name of Jesus. Now in verse 14. I want you to look at verse 14 closely. It seems to be that there is a connection between standing, between verse 13 and verse 14. And if you look at verse 14 closely, closely, now this is the very words of Jesus himself. I will just raise two issues from there and we will move on. I'm just trying to create a preamble to what we are discussing this morning. And Jesus said in verse 14, some people, people will stand firm to the end. And this gospel of the kingdom will be what? Will be preached where? In the whole world as a what? As a witness. As a testimony. And what will happen? Oh my God, what will happen? 
So in verse 13, you see that there will be people who will be standing to the end. But when you come to verse 14, there is an activity that must be taking place till the end. So while we are standing, we are also walking. Amen. Oh my God, amen. We are not just standing and waiting for when Jesus will come and take us home. If not, we would have been gone. While we are standing and waiting till the end, this gospel of the kingdom must be preached. And what will happen? The end will also come. So I want to just raise two things for you in that verse 14. And this gospel. Now, if you are very good in English, some of us struggled and we just escaped and passed. Some of us enter school those days where you can enter school with C, D7 in English. Am I correct? Did you enter university that time? I think there used to be a time where with D7, they will manage you in the university. Yes. If you are a science student. Thank you, mommy. But now, <laughs> in fact, if you have C, they will just be looking at you with one eye and say... Just enter, just enter. But Jesus said this gospel. When you use the word this, if for example we are to go somewhere and we say, Ah, Reverend Dr. KK, how are we going? How are we moving to that place? He said, We are going with the bus. How many buses do we have? Two buses. And if he says, we are going with the boss, what is the first thing that comes to the mind of a brother who is in charge of transport? What is it? Which of the bosses? But when he stands and says, we are going with what? This boss. What does it mean? It is particular. First and foremost, it shows that there are options. You could have varieties, but... This one. And as I began to read the scripture, I discovered that the Bible clearly pointed out that there are gospels. So it is easy to say, ah, people are preaching everywhere. If you enter the internet today, there are so many streaming live. It is the question is, what are they streaming? And what is moving in the stream? Is it this gospel of the kingdom? Now, if you go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 4, or first let's read Galatians chapter 1 verse 6 to 7. Galatians chapter 1 verse 6 to 7. If someone has a mic, quickly just um, stand and read that for us. We're reading a number of texts. Galatians chapter 1 verse 6. Galatians chapter 1, 6. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ. And are turning to a different gospel. And you are turning to what, please? A different gospel. A different gospel. If you read that from King James, it says you are turning to what? Another gospel. So, whenever you read the Bible, Jesus does not make mistake. I read Matthew chapter 24 
from several versions. Except for few, like maybe message and some very, very serious paraphrase. All of them said, this gospel, this gospel, this gospel. And it looks like Jesus was so particular because he knows that there are many other gospels. Yes, go on, my, my brother. No gospel at all. Which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion mm. and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Oh my God. Verse 9. Verse 9. Verse 9. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching eight, to you. Verse 8. He okay. said that thing two times. Verse 8. Yes. But even if we, or an angel from heaven. If we, or an angel that God sent on assignment, he just said, let me go and say something else. Do you know every time I read the Bible, I say, God, how could Paul be so, be so bold and say, an angel can even masquerade as an angel of light. And begin to speak another gospel. If me, this Paul, who is speaking to you now, comes later and preaches another gospel, let me be what? Let me be declared cursed. He said that, thank you sir. He said that in verse 8 and he said that in verse 9. Brethren, I want you to know that it is not everywhere that is meeting this morning. That is preaching the gospel. So one of the things that you must. You see I don't have time this morning. But I will just say one thing about the gospel. One of the things I need you to note very clearly. Is that. There are many gospels. Somebody pasted on a whatsapp group we belong to. She said. In marriage there are offenses. If, if you don't plan. To forgive, don't marry. That's okay. And it looks like the gospel. But the second line messed the thing up. She said, because marriage is what? It's a ministry of offense. And one of our fathers in the faith who was on that group, he was already offended. (laughs) And he quickly responded. These are quiet things we pick on social media that our generation is eating and we don't know that this is another gospel. There's a video that moved so viral of a woman who came back from work and was sharing with her husband, oh, today was so busy and all of that and all of that. And the first thing the husband could say was what? Go and get food for me. And the woman said, ah, honey, and she began to say, I regret marrying you. Said a lot of things. You see, immediately I watched that video. I said, this is another gospel. Brethren, if you do not sit on your guard. And you are checking everything you are reading. Is this the gospel of the kingdom? Or another gospel that makes it to paint many things 
I watched that video. I was so angry. Me and my wife belonged to that was When she was about to, I said, don't watch that stupid video. Very stupid. And you see, those things send messages. One of the people that pestered it, in a, somebody I respect so much, I almost wanted to say, Sir, this is not the gospel. And this gospel, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 4, I just make reference to it. Paul was saying that there are people who come with can somebody just read 1 Corinthians 11 verse 4? It talked about three things that can be, that can be altered. First, sec, first, first Corinthians 11 verse 4. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 4, sorry. I would have loved to read from verse 1, but I'm running, I'm racing. 2 Corinthians 11, 11 verse 4. 4. For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus... And if somebody comes to you and preaches what? A Jesus. A Jesus. He's not talking about Guru Mahaji. He's calling the name of Jesus. But Paul called it a Jesus. <laughs> yes, that is what? Other than the Jesus we preached. Other than the Jesus we preached to you. Brethren, there is, there are a Jesuses and there is the Jesus. If you understand my grammar, God help you. If you don't, God grant you understanding. Because once you immediately say a Jesus, it can be multiplied. The Jesus inside this place can be Jesus, different from the Jesus inside. There will be other people say, the Jesus here says, you should bring holy water and things will happen. You go to this other place, their own Jesus say, come and buy soap and things will happen. You go to this other place, their own, so they have plenty Jesuses everywhere. And Paul is saying that if somebody comes to talk about a Jesus, different from what? The, one we the Jesus we have preached to you. Yes, what else do they talk about? Or if you receive a different spirit. There is a spirit. Oh, and brethren, there are spirits moving around. It's just that unfortunately many of them are not holy. I see people do like this. The first thing I always ask, which spirit? Is it the same spirit? You know, when you receive the spirit of God, I want you to know that you will not be shaking your head like that. The first thing it will do is that it will put you in order. You will be thinking properly. Even as you are praying, your head is in charge because the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. The Spirit of God makes you clear. We have not received the Spirit of fear, but the Spirit of power, the Spirit of what? Love. It is the Spirit of speaking in tongues, and the Spirit of what? A sound mind. When the Holy Ghost comes on you, your articulation becomes alive. Somebody says, start shouting hallelujah 40 times, and things will happen. And you say, ah, how? That's what the Holy Spirit does for you. It makes you to be able to query and say, how, where in this gospel did he say that if I shout 40 times and shake my head like this and the wind begins, the, 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 the ceiling begins to move, the devil will run away. Where? This gospel of the kingdom. Yes, what do they also talk about? 
Or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received. Yes. Or a different gospel from oh. the one you accepted. Or a different gospel. You so bear with it. Now I'm going to leave that. You see, what one of the reasons why every of the apostles dealt with false prophets is that there is nothing that is falsified much more than something that is original and authentic. Nobody falsified tissue paper. You don't have original and fake. All of them look alike, really. Whether there's original or there's fake, they are all doing the same thing and they all melt inside water. Am I correct? But when you go to buy gold, what do you discover? That there's so much fake of anything that is valuable. People don't fake what is not valuable. Why Islam is the same thing everywhere is that it is fake. The truth is that the gospel of the kingdom, this gospel, this gospel is so authentic that it is so faked. And Jesus said, this gospel, brethren, I want you to note that revival will continue to tarry if we don't become committed to this gospel. And let me tell you just one thing about it. this gospel of the kingdom. It is about the king and his Christ. I will stop there. There's so much we can say. It's, it's a big part. It's a kingdom. It's, when you come inside, you discover that it, it is very elaborate. You have sanctification. You have good work. You have many things. But in the kingdom, there is the gospel. There, there, you know, yesterday I was just praying the night. Oh, and do you know that God began to remind me again of this gospel's definition of riches? Let's move. I don't like the way the time is moving. But the second thing I want to say, Jesus said, this gospel will be preached. And I said that when I started. The gospel about Christ. The king and his kingdom and his son is what we are going to be declaring. It's not about us. It's not about how we look. It's not about how fine we appear. We are inconsequential. Actually, in every kingdom, what matters is the king. Unfortunately, we have all become the king. You know, yesterday I was just doing a review of all the new month text messages I got. I discovered that all of them were pointing to how me will become good. How me, God will bless me. How me will become glorious. How me, it is all targeted at me, 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 I, me, my family, I, myself, and tomorrow myself. The first thing you will observe when you step into the kingdom is that you are nothing. The king is all and in all. When the people cried for a king, God told them, tell them that the king will take charge of their daughters. It will take charge of their sons. It will collect their farmland. They will not own any property under a monarchy. When you step into a monarchy, not democracy, when you step into a monarchy, the king has the first and final say, he can choose to kill you and you won't say anything. He can say, you see, because we want the gospel to spread, let's sacrifice Stephen. And immediately Stephen died, Paul repented. There was a massive revival. 
And when Stephen was going to heaven, he said, I can see heaven open. Oh, Kai. And he died and nothing changed. Was telling them in the church, I think two weeks back, I said, see, if you die now, if you die, nothing will change. You know what will happen? Your family will just cry till they bury you. Things will what? Continue. Why are you so concerned about yourself? And you are paying little attention to the king and his kingdom. He said this gospel must be preached. Second Timothy chapter, I mean Romans chapter 10. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 to 4. Acts chapter 8 verse 26 to 35. Brethren, there is no means that people can understand the word of God except it is preached. You see, the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, how can they call everyone that calls on the name of the Lord, verse 13, shall be saved. How can they call on him they have not believed? How can they believe in him they have not heard? How? And how can they hear without the preacher? And how can they preach without being sent for? How beautiful are the feet of those who carry good news. In verse 17, the Bible says, Consequently, faith, cometh by what? By what? By hearing. And hearing this gospel. The only way revival comes and is sustained, it's not that you heard the gospel last year. You know, I, as I prepared for this message, I got a fresh commitment and I said, God, you know, sometimes we think that we are over preaching. Or you see, we have preached too much. Eh, look at on Sunday, we are going to come. On Tuesday, there's midweek. On this thing, there's this every time. Come, come here. The word. Brethren, there's no other means. It's like a child who says, Mommy, I'm tired of eating. Every day I wake up, eat. Has your child ever told you that? It is we parents that are tired of cooking and are tired of buying. Am I correct? But even if you say, I won't buy again, when hunger deals with you, what will you do? Even if you don't have money, you will cry for help. Say, I need welfare. It's not well with me. And after you eat that one, what will you now do, please? Will you now say, I've eaten this one till the end comes? What will you do the next time? You will eat again. Faith comes by hearing. Present continuous tense. It's not that you heard last week. You need to hear again today. And if possible, hear tomorrow. And if possible, hear next tomorrow. You need to keep hearing the word of God. Paul said to Timothy, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing, preach the word. Second Timothy chapter 4. That was his last charge. He was about to be poured out and die. And what did he say to Timothy? Do what? Preach the word. In season and out of season, do what? Preach the word. When you are prepared, when you are not prepared, do what? Preach the word. Don't say people didn't give me sufficient notice. 
The only time I don't preach God's word. In fact, something happened. So they had contacted me to speak on a WhatsApp group. I, I totally forgot. I was doing some other things. I forgot. The meeting was starting by 8. Around 8.45, 8, 7.45 or 7.30, the brother called me and said, Uncle, are you still remember? He said, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot, you know, but I'm going to preach the word. I said, I'm coming, I'm coming. I went and said, Father, show me mercy. Show me mercy. I don't know what to say now, but we must what? Preach the word. When we are prepared, when we are not in season, out of season, correct, rebuke, nothing else. Brethren, are you here and you have a school or you have a business or you have a family? There is no option but what? Preach the word. There is no option. You can give people certificates. It will give them placement in job and all of that. But if you want them revived, if you want them set for the end, if you want them waiting for their bridegroom, do what please? Preach the word. And this gospel will be what? Where? In all the nations of the earth. Paul was with the, I mean, the Ethiopian eunuch was reading the Bible. In Acts chapter 8 verse 26 to 35, he was reading the Bible. And you see, Philip came and met him and said, Understandest thou what thou what? Readest? Do you know what that man said? Touched me. Do you know what the man says? How can I accept someone explains it to me? I see how many times big, big people come to our, our churches. These people came because they don't have explanation. And you call them and say, we have the Bible reading for today. We want to call His Excellency. Come and read from Isaiah chapter 43. And the man just comes like that and his security is standing behind him. And say the word of the Lord says. And he finishes. Do you know what he's saying inside his heart? How can I? If you venture ask him and say, Oga, share that text. You know what he will say if he's honest? The question that will come from his heart. How can I? Unfortunately, we have missed many of them. When it was time to explain the gospel, the Bible said from that scripture, Paul, Philip preached to him about who? Jesus, the king. He didn't tell him how this suit I'm wearing is from Dubai. And you see this shoe I'm wearing, it was bought 20, 30 million. And as the Lord did it for me, God, what is that? This is somebody who is managing the, the, the ministry of finance of Ethiopia. Confused, reading his Bible, but no understanding. Holding the word of God, powerful bomb, but no understanding. And you have a chance to preach. You are saying, you see, as our excellency has come, we want to thank you. See this church that we are building, we have been building churches around the world. Excellency, the Lord will touch you to do something. And the man is saying, how can I? How can I? As they are praying that let Nigeria change, the man is saying, how can it change? If nobody explains to me. If nobody shows me the way, how can I? How does the gospel spread? And I will take us back to Acts chapter 6. 
I would have loved to read Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 to show you that the gospel is not only to get people saved. The gospel is a witness. You know what a witness is? In Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19, Moses said, I call heaven and earth to account this day as a witness that I have set before you life and death. You know, every time we preach the gospel, we are giving people no reason on the last day. We are not just trying to excite them, but we are trying to make sure that when they stand before heaven, they won't say, I didn't hear. If you like, choose life. But I will advise you to choose life. But on the last day, you won't tell God that you didn't hear. That all our leaders and fathers have been doing for this number of years. You sit down every day, we are talking of repentance and repentance. When you stand before God, all these texts, all these messages on the internet, they will begin to pop out, pop out, pop out. He said, God, but I didn't know a message you just pop out that Bishop Ikako preached. He said, God, I didn't know this one. Another message will just pop out. You will be seeing them displayed on the screen as witness. Now, in spreading this word, as I read Acts chapter 6, I discovered there are two legs that the gospel runs on. That is my own explanation. So please just follow me. I will run through this and um, we will try and pray. There are, there are two legs. I think that's the best way I can say it. If you have a man with one leg, he can't run very well. There's how much he can run, but he will get to a point where he's weak. The gospel requires two legs to run. What is the first leg? There are those who God has called into the office of preaching, of teaching, of managing the discharge of the world. There are those who desire it, as you read in 1 Timothy chapter 3. But the Bible said, if any man desires the office of what? Of a bishop. So there is an office that God appoints people into for them to take charge, listen, of the effective discharge of the word of God. That is one leg of the gospel. Now, I, I seem to be that I need to carry the two legs along because I wanted to deal with them independently. But let me just explain them so that whenever I'm stopping, you have an idea. The second leg are those who necessarily don't have an office or a gifting. Because you know that the apostles, God called them. God gave them that office. But there are those who do not necessarily have a gifting, probably in teaching or in evangelism. Now, if we, I'll still get back to the first leg and the two legs. I'll give you a number of scriptures. But they have a very crucial role 
if this gospel must spread, and if one of the legs is strong and the other is weak and bent like this, the gospel will not move far and fast. Now, the first leg, God himself begins to nudge them, begins to pressure them, supplies them with gifts, exposes them to training, to exposures. Oh, what they have become today is by a reason of several, in fact, for some of them, from secondary school, God began to say, you will enter an office. So there was something different about their own life. God began to say that concerning them. You know what Paul, what Paul said? He said, when it pleased God, who called me from when? My mother's womb. When, you know God said to Jeremiah, before you were born, I knew you. Before your mother conceived you, I had ordained you a what? Prophet. An office. To some, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. Verse 7 says, all of us have been given gifts. We all have gifts and graces in different things. And I'm going to show you how that helps to spread the gospel. But there are some he called apostles. Some he called prophets. Some he called evangelists. Some he, it is he who called them. It is not you. So they may be your classmates, but the moment they step into their office, See him, not them. You see, the contest in the church, you say, eh, I will not allow him. Is he only his church that can do this? Is he us that is? Who told you it is us? God had known years before that he's going to raise a church that will be used in spreading the word of God and raised people Raise the man and say, you, I will set you in that office. So sometimes you hate those people, but they keep growing. Not because of anything, but because him has called them. Luke chapter 12. I must read that scripture. Luke chapter 12, verse 41 to 42. My brother, please, you will help me. Luke 12, 41 to 42. Verse 41. Peter asked, Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? 42. The Lord answered, Who then is the faithful and wise man? Who there is that faithful and wise servant, steward, manager, who what? Who the master puts in charge of his who servants. Who puts them? Please, can you answer me? Who puts them? The master. I'm not hearing you. Who puts them? The master. Put them what? In charge of his servants. In charge of who, please? His servants. Oh my God. Now, are you seeing the Bible? We are all his servants. But there are those 
Thank you, sir. You can sit down. Whom the master in heaven took them and put in charge of his servants. Okay, you, are, you have not read the scripture. To so do what? You have not finished that. So, okay. His servants to give them their food. Those give them to serve us food. At the proper when, time. please? At the proper time. In due season, at the proper time. So when they sit down and the year is coming, they are praying. They say, you go and just pray and see the message God will give you. You know what they are saying? God, the food for these people is in our hand. Every time I'm going to preach, I say, God, there is food for these people. And I did not, you know, sometimes somebody walked up to me one day and said, see, I want to just preach the way you're preaching. I laughed. I said, ah, even me, I don't know how I'm preaching. Suddenly, as I was just growing up, I discovered that there's something he put in my hand. So everywhere I'm going, I say, God, please just take this bread and break it for your people. And when I finish, I just run and go. And people say, ah, thank you. I say, God, please let them know that you gave me their food to give them. You know what Paul said? I am a debtor. I am holding people's money. Everywhere I go, I am discharging it to them. In fact, you know the reason why Paul didn't live on church finance? He said, I want to discharge it as free as possible. So don't praise them. Pray for them. Are you hearing me? God sets them there. He puts them for a purpose. Three instructions for this group of people. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 11 to 16. And our text Acts chapter 6 verse 4. The first thing I want to say. If you begin to sense that God has called me. You just go for an evangelism. Every other person is talking. People are sleeping. You carry the microphone and begin to talk. You just see conversion of souls. I don't know how they had bunker you used to do it. But I knew that God has put this man to give people their food, unbelievers. He will just preach like this. Hey, my God. Sometimes if you are a Bible, you will say, what did he preach? People are just repenting. God said, you, that's what you will do. If you sense that God is beginning to, you open the Bible, there's a teaching grace, there's something over your life, no matter how small. God has called you. Three things I want to say to us. First Timothy chapter 4, 11 to 16. Please just read that for us. First Timothy 4, 11. Command and teach these things. Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. Don't let anybody look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech. Yes, go ahead. In life, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gifts, which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Be diligent in these matters. Yes? 
Give yourself wholly to them. Give yourself. Some version says, throw yourself into the task. Yes. So that everyone may see your progress. So that when people look at you, they say, ah, God is doing something in his life. God has put something there. Yes. Verse 16. Verse 16. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Brethren, if God has called you to this office, you are on the spotlight. There are so many things Paul said to Timothy. This is a letter he's writing to his son. And he's saying to him, see Timothy, there's a gift of God over your life. Fan it to flame. Brethren, what becomes of the call of God over your life is you that will determine it. This instruction is not for all of us, but let me just run through it. God may have called you to be a teacher, called you to be a pastor, and the bishop has set you over a church. What will become of that call, of that gift, of that grace, of that assignment is a function of what you do. So Paul said to Timothy, Throw yourself to this task. What's the first instruction? Devote yourself. Commit yourself wholly to this gospel. Listen to me. There is nothing else that can be better than it. It's good to go abroad. But if you get to abroad. And you discover you are not discharging your call. Run back to a place where your gift will not die. Do not neglect the gift of God over your life. Is what Paul said to Timothy. You know what, you know what Peter said to these people? We will give ourselves how long? Continuously. Hey! So that was why every day Peter came to preach, there was a mighty outpouring. Because he threw himself to the task. I'm not advocating necessarily for full time. But if you discover that the weight of your task determines a full engagement, throw yourself to it fully. And don't be a full-time pastor who is watching my TV in his office. And say, yes, next person wants to see me. And you are scrolling African magic. And when Sunday is coming, you go and goggle. You go and goggle. Hey, you see, some of these pastors understand it. They are not in full-time for joke. And that's why you can see the progress of what they are calling ministry. I just prayed for them. That they will discharge this gospel. How can a man who is a doctor. His wife a medical doctor. They said see. We sense the call of God on our head. We will throw ourselves to it. Nothing. And they began to pray. And do the word of God. And do the work of God. Why will their progress not be evident? 
You, you are concerned about what to eat. I'm going to get to that. And that's why the work of God in your hand is slacking. You know, I prayed so much to God. I said, Father, forgive me. This is why I'm on earth. It will take my life. Give yourself wholly to it. Give your time. Give your attention. Give your prayers. Do you know what it means to pastor a big church? You say, God, give me a big church. Give me disciples. Whenever you read the epistles of Paul, do you know? I don't know how Paul's prayer life was. But you see, Paul talked to a particular church. I think it's Ephesians or Philippians. He said, I pray for you, mentioning you daily in my prayers. I say, how can this man not get results? He has the names of all the people that are his feeding. And he said, Lord, I'm praying for this person. Oh, God, I'm asking you that you do. And you see, when you start praying like that, you can be praying for one hour, two hours, three hours, four hours. Time will not go. Because you are praying kingdom prayers. Give yourself to this task. Give yourself to it. What's the second instruction? Beware of distractions. Paul, Peter, and I talked about, I'm talking about internal distractions, external distractions. I will run through that. In Acts chapter 10, God wanted to open a fresh door of ministry to, to, to Peter. But Peter lost it. I leave that. Beware of distractions. External distractions, internal distractions. What to eat, what to drink, what to put on, beware of it. Now I must leave this. I leave the third instruction. The second leg of spreading the gospel. There are those who will never preach like Barnabas. They will never hold this microphone because God didn't call them to do that. Some of them will do things that you can call mundane, like the seven decades. But the Bible said immediately they were appointed. The word of God did what? The word of God spread. Brethren, Paul was just, Peter was sitting down in the church and they were doing this until he activated the second leg. The gospel remained within their small circles. The second leg are those who necessarily don't have a gift. A call into an office. And that's where most of us are. And that's why I want to round up with. Some are sharing food. Some are in the ICT. Some never we ever handle microphone. And let me tell you, this microphone is not for, it's not for going around. It is not where you share, oh, this person has not preached. Is it only this kind of people that, no, please. There are people who God has called to do it. Let them be doing it and feeding us. Let us be doing what? Sharing food. But immediately they started their responsibility. The next thing, the next thing you heard, the word of God spread. The gospel that we are preaching will not spread if God does not strengthen the second leg. They may never be seen. They are behind the scene.
But they are carrying a grace that it is only them that we open the doors that Peter will come and minister the Holy Ghost baptism. It is only them that we create an event and say, there's a grace on your life, daddy, please come, come, come. I'm doing a birthday and I'm bringing all my colleagues. Come and give us a 15 minutes charge. They are the men behind the scene. And as I read the Bible and contemporary times, brethren, nothing moved the gospel like that. I, I got a lot of this. I discovered that, do you know that this thing we are calling the letters of Paul? I think there were only two or three, maybe with Timothy, that Paul wrote with his hands. There were people who sat down and said, Sir, you have a grace, be talking. And Paul would just sit down and be dictating and say, I, the servant of Paul, to the letter of this thing, I greet you. And they are writing. Please tell me which one is more difficult to talk or to write. <laughs> eh? When your teacher is dictating, how is he moving? He's just moving around and shaking his leg. And you are doing like this. You say, Paul, wait, wait, wait now. He said, Go and correct it when you finish. But you see, and he's just talking. That's why Galatians, you know what he said in Galatians? Look at what large letters I'm using to write. I think he also didn't have a very good handwriting. I may not be correct. He didn't need to because there were men who had the handwriting. Acts and look, there are letters written by one man to a disciple. The whole of Acts, he was just following and taking record. You never heard him preach. Did you ever hear Luke preach? Did you hear that on the day of Pentecost, Luke preached? As I round up, I want to leave three things with you. First, you need to know that that role you are playing is advancing the gospel. It touched me that Stephen just sat in church, heavily anointed. But he was just sitting in church. Maybe doing opening prayer until he was commissioned. Your life is advancing the gospel. You need a life. The second thing, the Bible says, look for, there's a kind of men that when we place them over these tasks, we can go and sleep. So I said, develop a life that the gospel can move on. I don't know, I would have loved to explain it, but just the Holy Ghost will grant you understanding. Acts 6 verse 3, men who are known to be full of the Spirit. Men who have honest reports. When you commit a tax to them, go and sleep. You say, we are building here. Go and sleep. Before you know, the building has come up. You say, we need, we need the word of God on the internet or on, on, on video. Every, you, you just go and sleep. They will carry it on their head until a result comes about. And the final thing the Bible said, they did great wonders. Verse 8, Stephen did great wonders. There were so many results. Priests were obedient to the faith. The other deacons did great wonders. We didn't hear their names, but I know they did great wonders because Philip, I mean Stephen alone couldn't have been cooking the food. And the priests were obedient. Disciples multiplied everywhere. You see, I want you to note that it was those deacons that took the gospel out of Jerusalem. Brethren, if the gospel we are teaching here, we go round the world. 
If all our priests are laboring over, we do programs. At the, at the beginning of the year, we do a revival program. And sometimes we come here, this place is not full. We're having a youth week coming up. I hope you know that there are churches, if they're having youth week in the next two weeks, the whole time we know. And the people who do that are not the priests. There are people who are in those churches that have committed their life to say, this gospel must spread. Everybody in Enugu must hear that there's a revival weekend. Everybody must know that the word of God is coming. And do it. Don't hold back. Peter couldn't speak to the Sanhedrin, but, 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 but Steve indeed. And there was a mighty revival. Let us pray. Let us pray. I have rounded up, but God will, God will ignite a passion in your heart. If you need to stand, stand. If you need to kneel, kneel. But see, don't just sleep. We are in a time where every one of us must put our hands together for this gospel to make a progress. We are streaming online. How many people have you told? Come and hear this gospel. What is on your Facebook page? All you are doing, you are doing Facebook ad. Facebook ad for, for companies and all of that. You have not done Facebook ad for the gospel. You have not walked up and said, Sir, I can make this thing we are doing here spread around the whole world. You sit down. Only Bronye Kachi and few others are running everywhere. You are doing nothing. God will judge you. This gospel is coming as a witness. And every time you say, ah, our venerable is trying. And let me tell you, the more you don't spread the word of God, the more you will start having internal issues. You see a number of people are doing this. This one are doing that. This one are doing that. Hey, the Hebraic people have been, have been neglected. This one has been doing this, this. Because you are not actively engaged in something. The question I want to leave with you, Lord, what will I do that the gospel will spread? That the word of God will spread. I'm not called to teach, but I can gather young, young, young people in my school and call those who are called. You're a teacher and you have several students who listen to you and you think it's only biology that will help them. Preach the word. Preach the word. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. That every one of us has a role to play in this end time. That every one of us has something to do. Let none hear you idly saying, there is nothing I can do. Don't think that just driving that bus, you are not doing anything. Cleaning the church, you are not doing anything. Going out to share invitation, you are not doing anything. What did the Samaritan woman do? The woman at the well. Come and see a man who told me all that I've ever done. Come and see him. Come and see. Come and see the whole village gathered for a crusade. What gift has God given you? Fan it to flame. This gospel needs to move. This gospel needs to be spread. We can't just remain in our corners. The world needs to hear this word of God. The kingdom is at hand. Preach the word. Father, this morning...
Just move in our midst and awaken every sleeping giant in this place in the name of Jesus. All of us who have sat down like Stephen, give our leaders the grace to activate us. To open channels, channels, channels through which this gospel will spread. Thank you, Father. And are you here? You have a gospel, but it's not the gospel that saves from sin. We heard about repentance. Quickly, just place your hand on your chest. Lift one hand. You want God. You have Jesus. But the Bible said his name is called Jesus because he saves from sin. And yet you are still in sin. I don't have time, but I I must do this before I go. Place your right hand on your chest. Lift your left hand up. Lift your left hand up. God bless you. Father, you are saying these lives. Do it boldly. No sinner can push this gospel. The gospel will push you down. The Bible says it's either the rock will crush you. Boldly do it. Lift your left hand up and say, Father, I need help. My life is not in order. Oh, you are shy. I thought I saw some hands. Oh, God bless you, sir. God bless you. Lift it up boldly. Say, Lord, my life is not in order. Put my life in order to put this gospel on its wheels. Some of you have money. Your money is not pushing the gospel forward. Your money is not pushing the gospel forward. Kai, Lord, put the passion in our heart again. This gospel must spread. This message must spread. And the word kept spreading and spreading and spreading. That even those who were called, they couldn't manage it again. Father, awaken us, O God. Father, everyone whose hands are lifted... And they are crying to you for a revival, a restoration, a transformation, a, a renewal. Lord, visit them in the name of Jesus. Let the power of sin be crushed by the power of this gospel. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, send us help. Deliver us from that addiction, from that habit. Break loose the chains of darkness. Thank you, Heavenly Father. If you lifted up your hand to pray, please just walk out as we all bowed down and heads praying. Please walk up here, directly come in front of where I am. The whole church, please stretch forth your hands towards these ones. They are committing a step of their life unto God. That's the beginning of revival. Revival of repentance of heart. From dead works unto God through faith, the living God, that their lives may become the fire, that it may be well with them here on going on. And as you are here, just repeat this prayer after me again. Lord Jesus, thank you. You love me. You died on the cross of Calvary for my sin. This morning, I sincerely repent. I'm sorry for my past life. I turn to you with my whole heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Give me the power to be a child of God. And Lord, lead me on to serve you the rest of the days of my life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, as many as believe you, today me give the power 
to be your children who are born, not of blood, not of the will of man, not of flesh, but by your power. And as many as believe with their heart unto righteousness, that they are sinners, and they return unto you in penitence and repentance, and confess with their mouth your lordship, they shall be saved. Lord, may this turn around of a visitation even be their portion now in the name of Jesus Christ. Let all things pass away and let all things become new. Let there be a witness in their heart by the Holy Spirit that they belong to you. And may they be enabled by that same witness spirit to live for you, run for you the rest of the days of their life. To the glory of your name, to the joy of heaven, and to the eternal blessing. In the name of Jesus Christ, write their names in the book of life. And let your signal deposits remain upon them as a mark that they belong to you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. And Amen. Amen.